But now, yes, I support what the Republicans are doing in our country. Okay. Um, to some extent. Um, all right. So what we were talking about yesterday um, in terms of justice, we're going to um, get to courtesy. In fact, we can start right off by getting to courtesy by asking, by my asking, why would courtesy come next after justice? And how close um, are the concerns of book six? How far into book six are we? Let's see. I am guessing, uh, huh, not bad. Like Canto six. That would be a really delightfully positive estimation. Okay, but <laughs> what, are, what are we up to? I am just finishing book two. Canto, Canto two. two yeah. Yeah, if you're finishing book two, I'm, I'm we're all screwed. <laughs> We're all screwed because if you're just finishing if you're just finishing book two, but you're passing the quizzes, um, then my advice that you use like Cliff's Notes or or um, whatever you're using um, is advice that I'm going to have to rethink in the future <laughs> versions of this class. Um, I mean, just again off the record, I'm assuming that you've done a lot of the reading, um, and um, it's hard for me to believe that many of you are, have really done all of it except maybe the grad students. <laughs> Um, right? Yes. Yes. Right, By the way, Avi? the cliff notes yes. gets it wrong sometimes. Yes, I know. Um, and I thought of, but I didn't. Um, but I'm assuming, nevertheless, you're still immersed in Spencer. Um, and it doesn't mean that you've read every word. Um, but I'm assuming. But if it turned out you'd only read through book two, I would have to rethink that assumption. Um, luckily, I don't. You're, only, you're in Canto two. That's great. I have actually... And I say this because I'm proud of it, damn it. I've read every single word. So All right. Okay. Have others? It's just... <laughs> if, How's if that coffee, Abby? Good? If names count as words and reading the first letter of a name counts yeah, as that's reading okay. the entire word, then yes. All right, good. Um, no, I think that's great. And I yeah. think what happens is... I really think what's going to happen is you'll miss Spencer when you're done. Um, kind of like college. Um, it's and as I said, Hannah, I'm totally indebted to you. Why? Chlamydia. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Um, no, I do think I think that that Spencer is is um, you will even if you feel. Do you feel overwhelmed? Are you liking it? Just, just since since we sort of only have a bare quorum, what do you, what are you guys thinking of Spencer in general? Worth it. But I love him. You know. I, I uh, really enjoy him. I'm ready for the first thing to be over, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, but he, but okay, I understand that. But is the first part just I have to say this, or no? Uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's 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 fast to do the Fairy Queen in two months, which is basically what we've done, or what we will have done very very soon. Um, it is fast, but it the experience of total immersion is one where there's now any time. Um, that you go to the Fairy Queen, I think you'll like it. I think it's one of those, um, it's a book to return to. The, maybe the best thing C.S. Lewis ever said, I think I quoted this for you, um, is I never met a man, of course a man, um, I never met a man who said, I used to love the Fairy Queen. Um, the Fairy Queen is not, if you, you don't fall out of love with the Fairy, with the fairy Queen. Um, 
it's just amazing that this world exists and that it's as gorgeous as it is. Even if, as Shakespeare says of the taste of honey, um, a little more than a little is by much too much. Um, that is that, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a whole lot of Spencer to do fast, but that's the nature of um, university education. Um, so, yeah, you'll, you'll find Milton bracingly different. Not Comus. Comus will be a very interesting transition from Spencer's um, way of doing poetry to Milton's way of doing poetry, but you will find Milton bracingly different. Um, nevertheless, Milton, as I've said before and will say again, um, regarded Spencer as, as the man, um, as the person um, from whom he learned what it meant to be an English poet. Um, and um, he said, you know, Spencer rhymed, I don't rhyme. I mean, he does rhyme in some of his poems, but uh, what he told Dryden, who did rhyme, was Spencer rhymed, I don't rhyme, but nevertheless it's from Spencer um, that I learned everything there was to learn about English poetry. Um, so so the, the connection between them is an interesting one. Okay, why courtesy? Why, um, what's the relation... You know, we've looked um, throughout at the transitions from one book to another. Um, I'll ask an easy question. What is the equivalent of Red Cross versus Guyon and then Guyon versus Britomart um, at the beginning of book six? That is, the beginning of book two is Guyon and Red Cross almost fight. The beginning of book three, um, uh, Guyon and Britomart do fight. What's equivalent in book six? There's Calador no fight. And but, yeah, yeah Calador and Artigal. They just like meet each other and they're like, hey, <clears> hey. They recognize each other. They recognize each other and they're courteous to each other. Right. Um, and the whole point is that Calador, as the knight of courtesy, is courteous to a fault. Um, and there again, that question of having a virtue to a fault comes up, and it comes up in courtesy. Why should Artigal, um meet Calador? Why should justice confront um, courtesy, especially after everything that happens in book five. I, I think yeah. there's something with the meeting out of justice that can involve courtesy. It's, it's hard because I think courtesy is perhaps conceived differently today than it would have been yeah. in this setting, as, you know, from the court, but just in, um, in terms of that sort of graciousness and, and in meeting out justice, and I think we see justice quite a bit in courtesy. I mean, I'm only also in the, I've only finished the second canto, but um, yeah. There's a lot of moments of justice, but then it's also it's described as him being courteous and yeah. you know, giving mercy. So. Yeah, okay, so now books five, books five and six are both books of beheading. Um, much beheading in those two books. Um, not very much beheading before that. In fact, is there any beheading before book five? Now that there is? Uh, when the first brother in the triumph, the second brother in the triumph, Group, uh huh. That diamond, uh, he, he gets decapitated, and everyone's yeah. shocked because his body doesn't right. last very long. Right. Also, so, Timaeus and Forrester, one Forrester was beheaded, I think. Um, when? In book four? Bef before Belphoebe um, rescued okay. him. That was book three. three. That you yeah. said before. Wait, wait, okay, yeah, 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 I'm trying to remember that. Um, uh, something like struck his head and uh, off his shoulders quite, or something like okay, that. Okay, yeah. Something yeah, like yeah. If um, I can remember it. Yeah, but it's not okay. So, so 
doesn't, Sorry? Doesn't Chlamydia get his head chopped off? <laughs> yeah, him too. Well, no, I think there's, there's um, in, in battle there is, but beheading is okay. a punishment. Uh, okay. Right. okay. Um, only comes up in books five and six. No, there's, there's all sorts of... Oh, the literal beforehand. capital punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joke, joke. Yeah. Okay. No, but that's where the word comes <laughs> yes, from. Yes, I do. Um, and where does courtesy come from? He tells you in the first line. From the court. court? Yeah, from the word court. Courtesy is how you behave in court. Um, it's how courtiers behave. Um, people who hang out in courts um, successfully hang out in courts um, so um, and obviously that that's not a court of law but a court of a prince but it's interesting that those two words um, that the word court applies to both um, that is a, a court is a place of justice but it's also a place of the exercise of power, those two things go together. But both, again, both books are connected through the punishment of beheading, um, and, as opposed to, yeah, someone gets their head lopped off because that's what happens. Mm -hmm. um, and you can understand it maybe a, a little bit in the context of justice. That's what Talos does, is he demands justice and capital punishment. Um, it's harder to, to see how beheading and courtesy go together, um, and yet Calidor and um, Calipine and various people do go around doing a lot of beheading. Um, so that could say something already about the relation of courtesy to justice. Um, what is, well, if you've read to Kenta too, you may not be able to answer this, but I think it's already clear in Kenta too. Um, what is the typical um, adventure that Calidor has? Where he meets Tristan. I don't know if that's yeah. Okay. So get no, no. So say say more. No, Tristan is a good example. Okay. Okay. So he he comes upon someone, Tristan, a, a boy. It's a very interesting description of him, actually. Mm -hmm. Very beautiful boy. Um, who has just shot someone with a dart. I think mm -hmm. he said. Um, but he doesn't immediately attack the boy. He actually lets him speak first, and then yeah. he explains the situation. The boy said, well, this guy was a jerk, so Andy yeah, and tried to hurt me. And why doesn't he go... I mean, what's the impulse to go after Tristan? Well, he's a, like a woodsman or yeah. something, so he's not a knight, and he's and what's attacked he done? a knight. Right, so, he's, knight, so, so. He, so here you have a moment where someone has apparently violated the laws of courtesy, which is that you can't attack um, your better, and who better to be your better than a knight. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, just, I guess, exploring as to why um, courtesy and justice should meet. I guess I was thinking, uh, you know, I mean, because there's this pattern of meeting someone, receiving an explanation, and then reacting in response to the explanation mm -hmm. to deem, yeah. you know, good versus evil, right. courtesy versus a lack thereof. Um, just... In, in the first example, when the man is tied up, I guess um, it's a question of, is this a just thing that has happened, him yeah. being punished like this? Um, and it's courtesy that asks, mm -hmm. and courtesy that is willing to do that, maybe. Right. Okay, good. Yeah. But one point is also that courtesy doesn't need you to be well-born or to be a knight, mm -hmm. that it can mm -hmm. reside in people of low birth. Mm -hmm. um, and also sometimes in the opposite way, as we see in... Yeah. Uh, am I allowed to... Yes. Say Pastorella? Yes. Where 
somehow she's so wonderful and so marvelous that she must have been of noble birth. Yeah. Um, but also the other she's, way around, that, like that, that savage... That becomes a source for late Shakespeare, by the way. Mm, uh, yeah. The pastoral story is a source for both Cymbeline and the Winter's Tale. Winter's Tale, her detail, yeah. yeah. Um, but also that the, that savage uh, woodsman is, is also courteous, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't yeah. have any precedent. Yeah, and we've seen that from the start, from the lion who won't harm yeah, Una. You know. um, okay, so here's... so, But again, the question is, so, look... I, I do. There is more we have to talk about in book five, but but the but the question is, in one way or another, Artigal meeting Calidor is the book six version of the confrontation of good knights with each other at the start. It's completely unfraught um, meeting, and the part of the reason it's unfraught is that what courtesy um, is turning out to be, at least at the start, is being sufficiently is is a kind of open mindedness. Um, that is that um, what you do is you try to determine what the truth is by listening to both sides, by treating both sides equally. So there is um, a relation of courtesy to justice. Um, in what what courtesy and justice both do is they give full rights to all parties in a dispute. Um, you need that for justice. You need that for courtesy. In a court of law, there's a lot of courtly um, action. As you know, you have to rise when the judge comes in. Um, there are all sorts of courtly formulae um, that you have to... Um, Engage in. If you're ever on a jury in Massachusetts, it's actually um, Massachusetts is one of two states that uses a very old formula that goes back to um, early modern England, which is um, I found out being on a jury a couple of years ago. The defendant, the court crier, says the defendant has thrown himself upon the country, which country you are, and has asked for justice. So I just love the fact. That I that he has thrown himself upon the country, which country you are, and that turns out to that's a 12th century formulation. It turns out, um, Massachusetts is one of two states that still uses it. Yeah. One important difference, perhaps, uh, that is obviously uh, relating justice to courtesy, is that sometimes when you're thinking of justice, you cannot be kind, as it as yes, we saw with uh, Mrs. Omphale. Yeah. Um, but with Calidore. Courtesy in the non-essential things, like, for instance, in Priscilla's honor, mm-hmm. to bend the truth a little bit is courteous. Right. Yes, exactly. So, in a way, um, the figure who is the opposite of courtesy is Talos, um, who demands swift justice as soon as the facts are known. And um, what courtesy is um, a temperance, it's almost as though, again the even-numbered books, in one way or another, you could say, are the books of temperance. That is, whatever happens in an odd-numbered book, the even-numbered book has to temper that odd-numbered book. Temperance itself tempers holiness. Justice, or rather friendship, tempers tempers chastity. Um, And then courtesy tempers justice. Um, But there, there also has to be a kind of balance between them. So the balance for Calidor is that he listens and he sometimes learns by listening. So at first he's sure that Tristram is wrong, um, but then it turns out he's not wrong, and what's the result of that? Tristram gets to be a squire, um, so so that things go better. Courtesy also does involve 
um, white lies, peace before truth. Um, and um, all of those things are, are an interesting juxtaposition to justice. Now, to go back to the idea of justice, what we were talking about um, yesterday, um, what, I mean, what's going to happen with Pastorella and with Colin Clout is really, really important to book six. Um, Colin Clout, um, whom you will meet later on in book six as a minor character, um, is a name that Spencer used for himself in other poems. It's based on Colin Cloud is a somewhat stock figure in English poetry, and um, the um, it's not spent that name is not Spencer's invention, but he calls himself. He appears in the poem as Colin Clout, as the character Colin Clout, um, and he's written an earlier poem called Colin Clout's Come Home Again, um, which is also um, essentially in his own voice um, or in his his appearance as a as a pastoral figure. Um, and Colin Clout's also in the Shepherd's Calendar. So when you see Colin Clout, um, which I've actually taught in this course, you will be, I think, grateful to know. Um, in previous incarnations of this course, we did the Shepherd's Calendar as well, but I thought we'd just spend a little more time on the Fairy Queen. Um, the um, Calidor's relation to Colin Clout um, is kind of an iffy one it will turn out, and that's going to be really interesting. Um, so pay attention to that. Um, the issue that we were looking at um, in justice, when we're talking about justice, is the imperfection of justice. That is to say that you can have justice between persons, and um, really there's no um, problem that Artigal has in figuring out when two people are engaged in mutual accusations in figuring out whether one is right, whether one is wrong, which one is right, which one is wrong, or whether there's some compromise which respects the rightness of both sides, um, or some um, judgment which sees both sides as wrong. Um, that's justice as an idea of adjudicating between individuals. That's a kind of standard view of justice. Things become much harder when you talk about the justice um, between nations, between states, where innocents do die. And this is something that we talked about on Monday. Um, and we talked about it because of um, what happens um, to Radigan's Amazons, um, the extent to which they are made to suffer for what, for what Radigan has done, and they're made to suffer for her loyalty to Radigan. Um, this is going to be an issue that comes up in Paradise Lost also. Um, the rebel angels are made to suffer for their loyalty to Satan, um, where loyalty is clearly a good thing, um, but they're loyal to the wrong person. Um, this is a real problem in general for ideas of justice. Now, one place that it comes up, which I think is really interesting, is if you go to book five, um, and now I've lost my place, um, Canto, um, hang on a sec, um, ah, where are you, um, 
Sorry, guys. Um, I lost this. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Canto to um, where is it? Yeah, um, around sense of twenty nine. This is page seven forty two. Um, so Talus and Artigal are um, have avenged the wicked customs of the bridge and reformed it, which done unto his former journey he returned. Then stanza 29, in which they measured mickle weary way till that at length nigh to the sea they drew, by which as they did travel on a day, they saw before them far as they could view full many people gathered in a crew, whose great assembly they did much admire, for never there the like resort they knew, so towards them they coasted to inquire what things so many nations met did their desire. So here we have a crowd of people, and the crowd wants something. Um, so many nations are met there. Now, these don't, this doesn't mean nation as in different countries, but it goes back to the root meaning of nation, where what a nation means is, is, um, is ethnic group. Mm. Is that what you said? Mm. Yeah. People um, group. People yeah. group. Um, that is, nation comes from um, the word natas, to be born, so it's the it's the it's your heritage. It's the group you're born from, um, and that's why many nations can meet in Venice or in New York or whatever. Um, it's we would now say nationalities. Also, um, the biblical version of nations is exactly that. Yeah, um, a light unto the nations. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, but now we would say nations mean nationality. I, the modern word would be nationality, but nation still has that meaning. So. Um, there they beheld, that is Taliesin article, beheld a mighty giant stand upon a rock and holding forth on high and huge great bear of balance in his hand with which he boasted in his circuitry that all the world he would weigh equally if aught he had the same to counterpoise for want whereof he weighed vanity and filled his balance full of idle toys yet was admired much of fools, women, and boys. Um, so uh, I guess that's supposed to be an ascending scale of quality. <laughs> um, so the scales, what do they stand for? Equity. Yeah. Um, where, do you th where in our own day do we see allegorical representations of a blind figure holding scales? Logo or the, the, uh, the symbol of courthouses, states. Yeah, of justice. 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 Also, yeah, it's interestingly, Estrella, who's yeah. left. Right, good. Up there. Yeah, good. This particular image, because he wants to use it from sort of weighing out the earth and evening out the earth, and the scales with that is also sort of a, a biblical image from Isaiah 40, I think, right? That weighed mm -hmm. the mountain on the scales and the hills in a balance. Yes, so yes, he had. Right. And the he God. is God. So it's sort of presumptive here. Yeah. Well, so that's why that's why it's his circuitry. What does circuitry mean? Do people know? And it's we saw the same word when Britomart goes to the sea. Um, the sea in its raging circuitry disdains 
to be held in by the shore. Um, so it's an interesting word, and it's interesting now that Artigal is headed for the sea in much the same way Britomart has. Cirquidry means um, hubris or overweening arrogance, um, extreme arrogance. So um, it's a good word to, to know. Um, so here the giant is um, presuming, that would be his circuitry, he's presuming to weigh everything out. Nevertheless, those are the scales of equity, and the reason justice is shown as blind and holding scales. Do people know the, the meaning of that emblem? Remember that um, Attorney General Ashcroft, were you too young to remember this? When he was the Attorney General, he had the Statue of Justice draped so you couldn't see her boobs. Um, <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. That's um, like the Pope who went around cutting off bits and pieces of uh, artwork. Yes. And statues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wentz fig leaves. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, so, but, but, the, but the thing that he had draped, the statue that he had draped in the Department of Justice, is justice with a blindfold holding scale. So, so why, why is justice blind? What does that mean allegorically? No partiality. Yeah, that justice, it's like doing a double-blind test of, um, um, of a scientific hypothesis. Um, justice doesn't know which is on which side of the scale, and why scales? Not you. Why does justice hold scales? To weigh cases. To yeah, to weigh the merits of both sides. So the idea is that things are weighed against each other. Um, those scales... At the, the idea of scales um, as measuring justice and also determination. Scales tell you the truth. That's the thing about scales, is is they are they are truth telling device between um, competing or separated um, um, objects, separated things. Um, Zeus then has scales where? Do you remember? There's going to be single, this is important for Paris Law, so going, um, there's a proposal for single fight between Paris and Menelaus, and then Zeus puts some scales in the heaven which essentially say no, no single fight. Um, you're going to see the same thing in Paradise Lost when Satan proposes to fight Gabriel one-on-one, um, -on -one, and God in Milton puts scales up in the heavens to prevent that fight. Um, so the scales are both, and then the scales in Isaiah are biblical. So the idea of weighing things out by scales, um, do people know many, many take all you farson? Is that a familiar set of words to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Persian words? Yeah, from Daniel? Good, right? yeah, all right. When God writes on the wall, then they can't read it. It's the writing on the wall, and mm -hmm. Daniel many. has to interpret many, many yeah. take all you farson. Do you know what it means? <laughs> so you remember the Persian, but not the Yeah, Persian. yeah. Um, it gets translated in the King James Bible as something like, um, uh, Thou art weighed in the measure and found wanting. wanting. Thy kingdom is divided among the Medes and the Persians. Which is a lot of words for a total of three words, one of them repeated. Mene, mene, take el eupharsin. Um, literally, it means he has counted, counted, weighed, and they divide. So um, what Daniel is doing is unpacking that. He there is God. Mene, mene, he has counted, he has counted. Um, Tekel, weighed, 
you farce him. They divide. So that's what has happened to Nebuchadnezzar. God has counted, counted, weighed, and they divide. It's picked up in the New Testament, too, when it says God will give you a good measure, pressed down and running over. Good. As in, he will take care to give yes. you what you deserve. Yeah, So that, but that's courtesy on mm. God's part. That's mercy rather than mm. justice. But blind justice gives both sides their due. So here is this giant who believes himself an emblem of justice. And here's Artigal doubting it. So the giant is boasting that he would weigh the entire world if there was something that he could weigh against it. But there isn't. Why? Because you have the entire world. Um, there's nothing left to weigh against the entire world. Um, and so there is a question, that, there, that raises a really deep question, which is, is the world a just one? What could you weigh against the world to see if it's just? Now the answer is you could weigh heaven. You weigh the things of this world versus the things of the other world. Um, but nevertheless, as a philosophical rather than a theological or religious question, it's a hard one. But since there's nothing he can counterpoise against the entire world, he weighed vanity and filled his balance full of idle toys, but was admired by fools, women, and boys. He said that he would all the earth uptake and all the sea divided each from other, so would he of the fire one balance make and one of the air without, without or wind or weather. Um, so he's measuring the four elements against each other. Yeah. Which is interesting because, it, just in terms of thinking of weight, I mean, certain elements were considered lighter than the others, but they were also better and yeah. higher. So, yeah. like, fire and air would have been higher than earth, but earth would be heavier if you're weighing it. Right. Scale. Right. I don't know what his criteria are. Well, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, the, begin good. the beginning of science, which is, which is beginning here, Bacon is doing precisely these kinds of weighings at the same time. Bacon, who calls revenge while justice. Um, Bacon is really the first modern scientist, um, the first person um, who doesn't assume um, what he has to actually investigate. Um, and he died yeah. investigating. Stuffing a chicken with snow. Yeah. Um, <coughs> he called pneumonia and died. Um, but it was Bacon who basically <laughs> said, mm -hmm. we need a new non-Aristotelian science. Aristotle tried to figure things out from um, experience and then deduction. That is, you, when you're a little kid, you throw a ball and it falls to the ground, and that's really all you need to know. And now what you do is you spend a lot of time just describing how things must be. Um, and Bacon said no. I mean, look, Aristotle is like one of the five smartest people who ever lived, so... Um, and Bacon might be in the top 500, but he's not in the top five. Um, nevertheless, what he said is no, Aristotle wrote a book called The Organon, that's a collection of Aristotle's works. Bacon wrote a book called The New Organon, in which he basically said, no, the way to do science is to go out and look and see and experiment. Um, his famous phrase is to put nature upon the rack until she reveals her secrets, and putting nature on the rack is um, a lot of people get down on him for saying that. And there are a lot of things you can get down on Bacon for, but this time it's a metaphor. Um, he did put real people on real racks, but, um, but what he says about putting nature upon the rack basically is you do an experiment. You don't just look at how things are, but you um, manipulate things to see how that changes it. So experimental science is really invented by Bacon. 
Um, experimental science, basically, the, the one, one really important idea, which I don't think they quite have yet, but they're getting, is the idea now encapsulated in the riddle, which weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of lead? Yeah. Yeah, they weigh the same. Um, so which weighs more, a pound of fire or a pound of earth? theory. Yeah, they weigh the same. So the idea of a mole in chemistry um, is that moles weigh the same. Um, actually, they don't because of atomic weight, but nevertheless, that's... But the quantity is the same. Yeah, but that's, that's where you're getting the idea. So um, there he is trying to measure fire against, um, against air, um, water against earth, um, then would he balance, that is, he wants to balance, heaven and hell together and all that did within them all contain, of all whose weight he would not miss a feather, <coughs> and look what surplus did of each remain, he would to his own part restore the same again. So what he wants to do now is weigh heaven and hell against each other, and what he is is a communist. What he is is someone who believes absolutely in distributive justice, that all things should be, should be treated with exact equality. For why, he said, they all unequal were and had encroached upon, encroached upon others' share. Like as the sea, which plain he showed there, had worn the earth, so did the fire the air, so all the rest did other parts impair. So you, he's looking at erosion and how the sea erodes the earth, and he says that's not fair. Um, it should all be equal, and he shows that fire uses up oxygen, and that's not fair. It should all be equal. And so he's, gonna, he's going to do a restitution of all these unequal things. And so were realms and nations run awry, all which he undertook for to repair in sort as they were formed anciently, and all things would reduce unto equality. So the, his idea is the idea known as leveling. Um, and the, among the 17th century revolutionaries in England were the group called the Levelers, who wanted to reduce all to equality. They were kind of Obamian socialists. Um, Therefore the vulgar did about him flock and cluster thick unto his leasing's vein like foolish flies about an honey crock in hope by him great benefit to gain and uncontrolled freedom to obtain. All which, when article did see and hear, how he misled the simple people's train, in daneful wise he drew unto him near, and thus unto him spake without regard or fear. So article is now going to say why it's wrong, why distributive justice is wrong. And that's the point of the next lines. Thou that presumes to weigh the world anew in all things to an equal to restore, instead of right, me seems great wrong dost show and far above thy forces pitch to soar. So here you think you're doing justice, but I think you're not. Um, I think you're not doing right, but you're actually doing wrong by equalizing everything. For ere thou limit what is less or more in everything, thou oughtest first to know what was the poise of every part of your, and look then how much it doth, how much it doth overflow or fail thereof, so much is more than just to trove. So you should know what things were like originally rather than assuming that they were originally equal. Why? Because that's how God made them. For at the first they all created were in goodly measure by their maker's might, 
and weigh it out in balances so near that not a dram was missing of their right. The earth was in the middle center pite in which it doth immovable abide, hemmed in with waters like a wall in sight, and they with air that not a drop can slide, all which the heavens contain and in their courses guide. Such heavenly justice doth among them raise that everyone do know their certain bound in which they do these many years remain, them reign, sorry, in which they do these many years remain, and amongst them all no change hath yet been found. But if thou now shouldst weigh them new in pound, we are not sure they would so long remain. All change is perilous and all chance unsound. Therefore leave off to weigh them all again till we may be assured they shall their course retain. Um, and he, yeah, Julian. Um, well, I just want to say that I think this is, um, just taps into a whole new realm with, with, uh, with good and, and all change is perilous. Justice, people don't, uh, it's assumed that um, people kind of generally assign good and evil to right and wrong respectively when they shouldn't, because that's yeah. not what justice is. It isn't, yeah. weigh, it isn't weighing. Uh, um, it isn't weighing good and evil. It's, yeah. it's weighing correct and, and incorrect. Uh, and um, when you tap into the realm of good, uh, then you're kind of. It's, I think this, this is. Oh, it's, uh, it's the heavenly justice. So you're tapping into you know, the right. scale and where. Um, yeah, I just thought it's important to, to make that note that, that goodness is all of a sudden a whole different volume of justice. It's not, not human justice. Right, which is one place where courtesy can come in. Um, the important thing to see here, obviously we're just going to have to go on with, um, uh, with book six tomorrow, but the important thing to see here is that we have already, it's, and it doesn't start with Spencer, it starts before Spencer, the outlines of... Um, what Leibniz is going to be very very explicit about about 50 or 60 years later um, of a theodicy. And the theodicy is, the word theodicy means the justice of God, justification of God. And the very idea of a theodicy is not that all things should be treated equally, but that the treatment of all things should be such as to produce the best whole of which all things are part. So the world as a whole is done well if it works, if the amount of water and the amount of air and the amount of earth and the amount of fire leads to perfect beauty and stability and harmony. doesn't mean that there has to be the same amounts of all of them. Um, it means that the disposition of differences should conduce to harmony in the whole. So one idea of justice is all things are treated equally, part by part, and that's the giant's idea and the communist's idea. And one idea of justice is the whole should be the best that it can be, which requires an unequal treatment of parts. And that's the, let's say, theological and religious idea and the Leibnizian idea that Spencer is pushing. Okay, we'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow, and we'll talk more, um, a lot more about book six. And you should come tomorrow.